Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back in, it's hour two. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Elijah Herbal and Connor Clark taking you through the show today. Schmitty's got the day off as we uh, spent most of hour one talking Husker football. Corey Campbell, Dylan Ryle. We switch gears now, talk some Husker basketball as we welcome in former Husker Andy Markowski. And Andy doesn't quite feel like what it should feel like as we get ready for, for district basketball and uh, NCAA tournament, which is this warm weather we've had about the past week or so. How are you doing today? Uh, not too bad, but anytime uh, we have warm weather in February, uh, I'll take it. Andy, before we look ahead to what Nebraska ball faces tonight with Rutgers, let's go back quickly to Saturday. Nebraska overcoming their largest deficit since 2013. That was whenever they came back against Iowa. And they uh, they eliminate that deficit, take down Wisconsin on Saturday. I want to get some of your takeaways from that game. Kise, uh, he started the game slow, but really came into his own in the second half. And then a huge performance from Blaze in the second half as well, especially on the defensive side of the balls. The Huskers steal one from Wisconsin and, and maybe knock them off that bubble. Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, I don't know what we're playing for, um, you know, whether it be a NIT or just to uh, eliminate teams from being on the bubble, right? We had a big one against uh, Penn State, and now probably uh, took Wisconsin off the bubble. But, yeah, just uh, credit to a tough, gritty second half. I, I You know, K-State Tominaga is, is really helping them offensively. I You know, once they lost their – they're better defensive wings. You know, I didn't know if they'd be able to score enough to beat the, the, the top half of the league, but, uh, you know, Tominaga has, has found ways to score. And then, you know, as you mentioned, I thought uh, Billy put the play blaze, Keaton and Walker together against Wisconsin's front line really, really changed what they were doing offensively. And, you know, just a credit to, to Fred's group that they, they, they stayed the course and, and got a good home win. Andy Markowski is with us on Hale Varsity Radio tonight. Andy, Nebraska goes to Rutgers, a place where – Rutgers has been very, very good at home ever since 2019, 27-8 at the rack ever since that season. What do you see from Nebraska here? How do you like their chances tonight? Yeah, you know, certainly uh, Rutgers is it's just so physical and you know, losing uh, some of our physicality, the injury, and having to play some freshmen. You know, that, that's a little unnerving. Um, you know, they're top of the league of defense. Uh, you know, we've done a pretty good job of rebounding, but, but Rutgers' physicality, you know, has them in the, the, the top three or four in the league. And, and rebounding, they're pretty balanced offensively. You know, we're, we've shown the ability to, to hang in on the road, even the Michigan game. I think we got off to a really, you know, slow start, but but settled in. And, you know, I think cut that game back to, to seven or eight. But it, it's going to take a a good offensive effort. Having Keita back in this game will, will, will help as well. I think his physicality, his size, uh, ability to protect the, the rim, uh, and rebound, um, you know, could be a, a good time to, to get him back and 
be healthy. But you know, Rutgers is, I think, a you know, five, six, seven seed in the tournament. So anytime you're going on the road to play a team of that caliber, it's going to be a, a challenge. Andy, do you see this Husker basketball team playing more free in recent weeks, though? It just feels like these freshmen have stepped into to new, bigger roles, and they've been finding their footing, but it feels like every single game we watch, and I'm sure I'm going to say this now, and uh, then we're going to have a performance tonight that's going to make me eat my words, but it feels like this team is just playing more freely than they have in the past, and it almost feels like they're not worried about what the end result is. They're more worried about the process during the game. That's something we've heard from the Husker football coaches, too, but it feels like they're, they're worried about the process during the game and just taking it possession by possession, and it leads to a, a more free-feeling performance. Yeah, I, I certainly think some of that's chemistry, uh, some of that's confidence. Um, you know, I think they're uh, so limited with their rotation, and you know, sometimes you like to be nine, ten, eleven deep. But I think you know, players might play a little tight, thinking they have to play well to to, to stay in rotation or, or or keep their minutes up. And you know, there's just not a lot of places for Fred to turn, and I, I think that gives players confidence, and it certainly has helped. You know, Tillman Aga, I, I think he's playing with a with a freedom and confidence, which is allowing other players to to get shots and find success as you, as you see teams are really starting to, you know, try to double and step out on, uh, on some of the screening actions, which would allow for us to rebound or slip and get easy baskets at the rim. So, you know, having a player that that's uh, forcing teams to scout and game plan against, I think is helping, you know, other players on the court find baskets, but yeah, I, I, I like watching this team. Uh, you know, they're not overly talented. I, I think Walker and, and, and Greasel will, Give you, give you a chance uh, every, every night with leadership and you know the ability to, to, to create some offense. And now that K State is scoring, that gives us three three good options. And you know I think it's allowing the freshmen to kind of get their feet and, and play with a little freedom and confidence as they're not having to to score for us to be successful. That's coming from the other three players. Andy, quickly, let's talk about that that Tomonaga impact. Is his scoring has been just phenomenal over the past three games, and the outside shooting has really opened up the backdoor cutting. And Walker's done a great job from the high post finding uh, Tomonaga cutting back door and getting him some easy looks near the rim. And I just want to get your take on, on what's changed offensively for Nebraska over the past couple of games to free up Tomonaga. Has it just been a case of Tomonaga getting hot at the right time? Or has Fred been, in your eyes, changing some of the offensive sets, trying to get him some better looks? Well, they are running more through uh, Kaysay. Um, you know, I, I think early on they were posting and, and really give the Walker kind of that middle third of the floor to, to play out of it. And then he was kind of getting his assist off of uh, backing, you know, maybe down in the post where, where teams were having a double. Uh, now they're running case say off of a lot of misdirection, a lot of staggered doubles. You know, it's, it's forcing, uh, you know, teams to, to kind of hedge and jump out, which is, has really lifted the defense, which, you know, has a lot of other players to get some stuff at the rim. So, you know, I, I think Fred has balanced the matchups, but, but now having – you know, three good offensive weapons has has you know given him some different uh, you know different strategies. Not just having to have Greasel back down to get you know against Creighton. You know that was kind of their go-to action, right? So he's he's been able to, to kind of uh, mix in all three players and, and find different ways for them to score. Um, but you know, when you have a player that can shoot it from 25, 26, 27 feet and, and play confidently, uh, that has really opened the floor. And you know, I think Nebraska has benefited at the other spots from that. Andy, I want to flip it over to another guy on Rutgers, and I personally think he's one of the more underrated players in the conference, and that's Cliff Amori, because he's averaging near a double-double, 9.8 rebounds per game and 13.5 points. He's 6'11", he's a freak athletically. How does he match up well against Derek Walker? And if you're Fred Hoiberg, what kind of defense do you run to stop a guy like him? 
Well, I, I think that is the challenge with Walker uh, playing against elite, you know, pose. He, you know, Walker's oh, you know six eight, maybe maybe six nine, and he's gotten himself in foul trouble playing against the better centers in the league, especially versatile centers. So, you know, I, I look for that. I, we're gonna have to, you know, find a way to, to defend him, and if you know, we, if we have to play Keita. You know, and Walker, that takes away Walker kind of in the middle of the floor, right? Keita's got to be kind of on the low post, and, and that might change some things that Fred has to do offensively. Now, the other thing, you know, Walker's done a really good job of being able to score against six uh, eleven, seven foot centers. I mean, even, you know, Zach Edney and, and um, uh, even Kalkbrenner from Creighton, you know, you think seven seven one seven two would would really bother him at the rim, but he has found ways to. Kind of the, the you know the old school game where you use your body and you know kind of shoot a hook shot over the top and find ways to to make uh, you know bank shots in the lane. So yeah, I'll be anxious to see if Walker can can score, but I'm, I'm more concerned what we do defensively. And if we have to play big, I, I think that limits some of Fred's creativity and what he can do offensively. Andy Markowski is with us here, former Husker standout, and now you catch him on the sidelines for the Pious Girls basketball team. And Andy, you talk about Derek Walker's game. It almost feels like that old man at the YMCA. I've gotten cooked a couple of times by that that forty year old man at the YMCA. Can barely jump over a stack of books yet. He's still cooking me on the post. Just has Fred found a post presence that you think uh, at least a, a style that can work moving forward in the Big Ten, or is he just caught lightning in a bottle with what Derek Walker can do with the ball? Well, I, I think what makes Fred a, a good offensive coach is is he is creative, creative on, on what his players can do, right? I mean, Walker's skill set is is unique to Walker. You know, Kata. You know, if you lose Walker now, you're going to play Kata or Wilhelm at your four and five. I mean, they're going to have to run some some different things or or, or go into the portal and, and and try to find a six eight six nine kid that can do some of the things that that, that Walker did. So I, I don't see us running offense through a five. Uh, man, next next season, but but certainly give Fred credit that you know he's been able to to, to kind of find some actions and some unique uh, uh, offensive sets that that has maximizes his players' skill sets. And you know I think each year that that you look at your roster, you you got to kind of cater and, and, and make some adjustments to that. So you know I, I think Walker is kind of a unicorn. You don't see a lot of offenses uh, playing through their five man, uh, not only scoring, but you look at the meta of assists that that Walker has. I think that he would be in the top five in the country for, for post players and, and assist. And, and that's just a credit to his unique skill set and, and, and Fred putting him in, in good positions to help the offense. And it's kind of weird that I guess we're talking about the, the future of this Nebraska basketball program here with five games left, but Fred's shown some people a lot over the past couple of weeks. Now I want to get your take. Is it too early to talk about the future? Is, that, is this still in question or do you think Fred's back for another year? Well, I, I, I think Fred was challenged by you know, uh, the administration to, to maybe make some changes to, to look at his program, um, what what he wanted it to be. And, you know, they hired some uh, new assistants. I, I think Nate Linter has come in and, and kind of uh, ran uh, for his defense. And I think we can all agree they're, they're much improved defensively. You know, I think the, the grit and the toughness that this group has played with this year, uh, you know, Nebraska fans have, have responded well to. Um, you know, I, I think their challenge is, is going out and replacing a couple, you know, fifth-year seniors, uh, which, you know, they obviously hit on those kids. But the portal will give you the opportunity to go and, and find some pieces that fit. Um, I, I, I do think Fred is back. I, I, I've seen enough progress where, you know, the freshmen, I, I think, are, are solid, not, you know, not great. I think you have to add some more talent into the program. But with Nebraska's 
you know, NIL, I think we're a little ahead of, of, of the landscape there in football and basketball. So I, you know, I'm optimistic that they can plug some, some transfers in and, and hopefully keep that same chemistry that the group had this year. Andy, after tonight, the next three Nebraska ball games are back at PBA, and that's a place where this team's been pretty good this year. They're 9-3. and three. How important is it for Nebraska, even if they don't get a win here tonight, at least put together you know, a competitive showing that gives you um, a little bit of positivity heading into that three-game homestand? Yeah, I, I think every game uh, is important, right? I mean, you know, this team has had good leadership. I think they've been competitive. Now, they've you know, lost by 12, 15, 18, 20. But, but those games, I feel their stretches were, were physically they've been competitive. They haven't been you know, outmatched in prior years. But having that three-game home streak, uh, home stand, you know, Minnesota is one of those teams in there. I, I, I don't think, um, um, you know, Maryland, we, we were competitive for long stretches on the road. And, you know, Michigan State, you know, is, is, is good. But, but certainly is not in the top three or four of the league right now. So, you know, I, I look for them to, to continually play good basketball, have a chance to win a couple of those home games. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is they're only three games out of out of fourth place in the league. Uh, you know, you look at that Purdue overtime loss, you get that win. You know, you're kind of right in the middle of the pack, which, you know, I think the Big Ten has shown to be a good league this year. Maybe maybe not super top-heavy, but, but very deep. And, you know, if they can find two or three more wins here, uh, they move off of that, you know, really the play-in games on Wednesday and, and, you know, play that first game Thursday in the Big Ten tournament. And, you know, they, they uh, um, you know, carry that momentum into, you know, I don't know if the NIT is in play or not, but, but maybe – you know, a postseason and, and give yourself a chance to, to add a couple pieces going into the next year. So um, I, I've been happy. I, I think the program's shown progress. Um, you know, I, I would be disappointed if the bottom falls out here with uh, with five games to play. I, I think this team, you know, likes competing, likes playing. I think Fred has their attention. Uh, I think they're locked into game strategy and scouting, um, which tells me they'll have a chance to, to win a couple games down the stretch here. Andy, let's quickly flip it over to the women here before we get you out. As they took Michigan down to the wire on Sunday, that was following a, a disappointing home loss to Illinois, and they got four games left. Minnesota tomorrow night. You got Iowa looming on Saturday, trying to get a rematch after dropping a game by four a little earlier in the season. This Husker women's team, what's still on the line with, with four games remaining in the season? Well, they're they're still right on the NCAA tournament bubble. I, I think the Brent Technology came out today and still had them in the last four in. Um, you know, they're they're getting a lot of credit for for a really challenging schedule. Um, you know, the Big Ten is got five teams in the in the top sixteen uh, when the NCAA announced the the first sixteen seeds. Um, but yeah, their their margin is is very small. They're going to have to win at Minnesota, Northwestern at home. Um, they're going to have to probably either beat Iowa or at Illinois and then probably go into the tournament. And it looks like they're going to be the eighth seed playing a, a really good Michigan State ninth seed. Um, so, you know, they, they have to win. Um, you know, losing the, the home Illinois game, it really hurt them having a 10-point lead in the third quarter. And then, obviously, Michigan, they were up six late, um, you know, which is the 12th team in the country. So this team can play with anybody. They just have not been able to, to, to put four quarters together to, to beat some of the top teams in the country, but, um, you know, Iowa at home, I think they're expecting a close to a sellout. So it should be a great, great atmosphere on Saturday. So if you're not planning on doing anything Saturday, come and support. If they could, you know, win the, win that game Saturday against Iowa, that might punch your ticket in as, you know, I think Iowa is projected to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Andy, last thought here before we get you out, the Pious Girls, two games left tonight, Lincoln Northeast, and then Thursday, Lincoln High. What's at stake these final two games for the Pious Girls and uh, what's district looking like? 
Yeah, well, Class A is, is just loaded. Uh, so we do have a tough, tough slate to finish here. Lincoln Northeast is, is really good. Lincoln High is, I think, 19 and one um, for uh, for us. It's a huge week. If we win two, I think we have a chance to host a, a district game and in Class A, our district two games. Uh, so you'd be a top seven seed, which is so important to, to play at home in the postseason. So um, a lot, a lot still. Lots still on the line, and uh, you know we, we've uh, had a tough uh, last ten games, but hopefully uh, we can finish strong here and, and host districts with a chance to, to to go to state against a, a pretty balanced Class A field. I, I think any any team that make it to Lincoln this year in Class A has a chance to to compete and, and have a chance to win a state title. So we're uh, we're optimistic, but it, it starts tonight out in Lincoln Northeast. Andy Markowski with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Andy, thanks for joining us today. Good luck to you. Good luck to the Pious Girls tonight. We'll talk to you next week, all right? All right, guys. Thanks for having me.